Hello, everybody. Happy Easter. This is Pastor Toby. It's so great to worship and celebrate Easter with you as Rise OC. This is a new beginning as, as we begin this journey, believing in the power of the resurrection, which is today, 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. So now we get to do this. But let's be honest. Anybody feeling tired? Are you stressed out? been stuck at home all week, or maybe if more than one week. Certainly our family, we've gone through a lot. You know, our kids are home and, and the remote learning has kind of kicked in. That's becoming, becoming the new norm. I and mean, flip on the news, you just get worries after worries. I mean, the news just keeps coming, right? And, um, you know, it's, 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 about a, it's about this time that it's getting to us. And I heard a person uh, you know, in my life says, it's too much. It's too much. And I, I, I kind of agree. It's, it's getting there. And it's so tiring because we're fighting and battling with something that we can't see. And it just takes us away, but we feel it. You can't see it, but when it's there, the effects are felt. And the virus is spreading and here in the news and just feel it. And the, but however, in the midst of this chaos, this, this global pandemic Easter is here. I mean, out of this season, what better message than this Easter message right here, right now, in the midst of all the trials and the, and the uncertainties. Easter is here. It is the day where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and he has defeated the power of sin and death. And now he's giving us life. You know, this, this, this is so important because He's the resurrected King. We can't see him, but we feel him. And fight against this invisible enemy. We have to believe in this, this invisible God with faith. Even though he's not here with us, he's fighting. He's, he's here with us. And he has actually already won the battle. And this is what Easter is all about. He's giving us victory. He's giving us hope. And victory over this battle against this something we can't see. And it's just this amazing realization that it is happening now. This Easter is taking place today in this world. Because he wants to be the resurrected king of yours. And he is the king over your uh, fear, over your worry, stress, anxiety, sickness, and even death. That's what Easter is all about. To find hope to find life, to find victory, proclaiming Jesus is King. I hope you're with me to proclaim that together today. Jesus is King. Come on, church, let's sing, say that out loud. Jesus is King. And, but you might be actually wondering, well, I don't know about King. I mean, is he really King? I mean, he's, I think maybe he's God, but mm, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I'm kind of there, but I'm still not sure yet. Maybe you're at the place where it's like you thought you knew, but with all the things, it's kind of the chaos that's going on. You're just kind of losing that sense. But today we're going to look at a story from the Bible about a man who tried to welcome Jesus as king. He tried and he wondered, but at the end, he struggled so we're going to look at what was his struggle. But more importantly, the most importantly, we're going to look at how we today, 2,000 years later, 
after the resurrection proclaim that he is still king. Jesus is the risen king. So I want you to open your Bibles to John. This is called the Gospel of John. It is the fourth gospel or the fourth book in the New Testament. It is written by a man named John. He was the beloved disciple of Jesus Christ. And he is writing this account of Jesus in chapter 18. We're going to look at verse 37. But before that, I'm going to give you a little background story. This is a famous conversation between Pontius Pilate and Jesus. And Pilate is the one who's known as the one who crucified Jesus. But at first, he, he didn't want to. He, he was actually wanting to know who Jesus is. He, he really tried to understand him as king. As he said, aren't you the king of the Jews? I mean, why are your people trying to kill you? I mean, I don't get it. Aren't you the king? And Jesus actually said to him, yeah, I'm a king, but my kingdom, it is out of this world. He was referring to the kingdom of God, heaven, and he's from there and he came. And that's when Pontius Pilate said this in verse 37. I'm gonna read this to you, but if you have your Bibles, this is John 18, 37. And this is our anchor passage this morning. This is Pilate. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone, who, who, uh, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So Jesus is saying he came from the kingdom of heaven to earth to become one, like one of us and to testify the truth. So obviously the question is, what is the truth then? You know, truth oftentimes hurts. And this is a truth that you might not like, but this is the truth that the Bible clearly reveals. And the truth is that we are all born with sin inside of us. And the result of sin is death because death is produced when there's sin. And, you know, in the beginning, you know this story about Adam, the first human. God said, you, you can't eat from this fruit. If you do, you will surely die. And Adam ate. And that's when sin entered into humanity. As descendants of Adam, we are all born with this sin. And the wages of sin is death. We will surely die because of this sin issue that we have. So, and that is resulted in death, eternal separation from God. It wasn't the original intention, but death has now conquered human beings. But in order to solve the problem of death, the problem of sin must be resolved. And that's why Jesus came taking on a form of man. But he was a sinless son of God who became like you and I. He became human and he died on the cross taking on your sin, my sin upon his shoulders and he died. And in our place, he took the judgment of sin and he died. That's why the Bible says when you believe in him, believe in Jesus, your sins are forgiven because he took care of that. But that isn't the only story. This is actually only the half of the story. What is actually more important is when you believe in Jesus, 
death, you also are invited to welcome in his resurrection. On the third day, he broke the power of sin and death and he rose again. That's what Easter is all about. He proved that resurrection proved that there is power of sin and death has been conquered, has been defeated. Jesus Christ came to resolve the problem of sin and death and he brought peace to us. Peace with God. Earlier in John chapter 14, verse 27, I want to read this to you. It says, this is the words of Jesus. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the promise Jesus gave. And this peace It's not just talking about peace that is without conflict or without war. This peace means that there is no judgment after death because there is peace with God. So when we die, when we believe in what Jesus did was for me, there is no death. Yeah, there is death, but it's just a transition into eternal life. Eternal kingdom awaits after death. That's peace that Jesus is offering. This is the truth that Jesus offered to Pilate that day. And Pilate tried to understand this. But at the end of the day, Pilate could not see Jesus as his king. Instead, what was king? What was taking over the throne of Pilate's heart was Caesar. You know, the Roman emperor, the almighty Caesar. Because, you know, at that time, Pontius Pilate was a governor that was appointed by Caesar to rule and govern Israel, these people. And he was just, he couldn't see a man from the one who was, he was managing or governing to be his king. It's not, not Caesar, Caesar is still my man. I can't betray him, I can't. But he was really almost there. He was so curious to accept Jesus as king. He, he was very, very intrigued by this kingdom of God. But these voices these, these of the Jews, Jewish people, they're screaming out, kill him, crucify him, or else we're going to start a riot. And let's see what happened to your reputation. That's what Caesar's going to do to you. So what Pilate did was listen in to the voice of people instead of the voice of God that was standing right in front of him. And really, the bottom line was that the king in his heart was his own self. His ego was sitting on the throne. He couldn't see Jesus as king. He couldn't just get to that truth. You know, the truth is, that same very truth is being offered to us 2,000 years later to you and I this morning. Jesus says, everybody, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So now I want to ask you this question. Have you received what Jesus did was for you? And what we went through on the cross and through the grave and the resurrection was for you to give you life, to give you victory over death, over sin, to give you eternal life? Do you accept that as your truth? And then will you listen to his voice and to obey 
his words and to see him as king, the ruler of your heart, the ruler of your life. Will you proclaim and say, hey, you have defeated my biggest enemy, the death, which is the root of all fear. And you have defeated that. Therefore, I receive your peace. The peace that is out of this world, the peace that gives me unity with almighty God. I accept that. And despite in midst of all the uncertainties in life that we're going through right now with this invisible virus that is spreading and affecting people all over the world and the global chaos and the pandemic and the financial uncertainties, I will let I will not let my heart be troubled. I won't be afraid. Will you proclaim that? Will you proclaim Jesus is king? A pilot could not do that. Don't do what he did. Please accept Jesus as your king. But as we be really, really honest, it's been a tough couple of weeks, hasn't it? It surely has been tough for our family. As kids, we have three kids, two are in grade school and they're stuck at home. And at first they're enjoying that time, but now they're, it's kind of getting to them, like I said earlier. It's getting to their hearts and they're, they're like, uh, tension is growing. And, but you know, what's a blessing right now is we have this little baby at home. He's uh, 10 months or actually 11 months now. Like we kind of lose track of time. And our baby, his name is Zent. And here's this picture. And he's finding a lot of first time things, which is like, it's been fun. I mean, this right here is he's found the joy of digging into my ears with his small fingers. And it's kind of going in. That's why I look like that. But anyways, you know, that was his first experience. Oh, this is kind of fun. And just looking at this kid, it makes us like, happy it just gives us like hope it gives us like a moment of like tension reliever <laughs> you know and he has a lot of first time experience you know he has his first teeth now that's like coming out he's trying to walk for the very first time and he's actually trying to stand and those are fun and this would have been his first easter at church because he was born in may last year so it would have been first easter with the with the church friends with the egg hunt we really wanted to do that we can't but we'll just do it at home and i hope you guys too if you have kids do some egg hunt at home you know don't use real egg but you know do something if you don't have like those plastic eggs hide something and say hey this is from jesus it brings you new life do something fun today but you know this is a video of him eating his first slice of lemon. He loved it actually. But just check out this reaction. I mean, it, just, it was just this heartwarming experience and maybe you could use some laughter. So here is uh, here's Zen with his first bite into a lemon. Check this out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> you know, this past week, I mean, so it's, it's, been, it's been hard, but it's nice to have those type of moments. But it was just this past week, I was holding him, right? And he was sleeping in my arms. And all of a sudden, this great fear kicked into my heart. All of a sudden, I got really scared. I don't know why, but it just hit me. Well, I kind of know why, because of what I've been hearing and listening. And all of a sudden I thought, man, what if I get coronavirus? What if 
I could no longer hold him in my hand? What if I had to be separated? And in fact, what if he gets it? And what if one of us died? What if all of us would die? I mean, all of a sudden, this mind started going off. This fear started kicking in and he invaded my throne. I mean, the fear was sitting right there laughing at my face. Said, hey, you have no power over me. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And I started thinking this downward spiral. Like, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if I can't provide for them? What if, what if this? And all of a sudden, fear was my king. And I began to worry and I began to have this tightness in my heart. And also I realized, man, this became reality for many in this world. 100,000 people as of right now, and it's maybe increasing, have died through the coronavirus. But not just even that. I mean, there are people every day that are suffering and has have to be separated maybe forever with their family due to death and all kinds of sadness in this world. And, and this, just knowing that that is the reality of this world, it just really became such a tightness in my heart because fear was invading my, my throne. And I had to really, really seek God and I needed to really ask myself, who is my king? I needed to remember Jesus is king. He has defeated the ultimate enemy of death. The ultimate enemy isn't really coronavirus. It, it's sin and death. And, 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 and I had to really put my mind on that because what Jesus did was given us victory over death. So then I realized, okay, even if I die, and which could happen anytime, despite the coronavirus and everything. That could happen despite the death. I will live in the kingdom of God forever because of what Jesus has done. He is the resurrected king. And then that, that became peace. That restored peace in my heart. But then also as I was holding my son, as long as he knows that Jesus is king, and that's why it's so important to teach our children, right? Because we all know every single one, even a baby, is born with sin. And sin produces death. But as long as he can receive Jesus as his king, then death will no longer separate. It will never separate us. And that's when I realized, okay, Jesus, you're my king. You have to be my king. Now, I want to ask you, what is ruling your heart today? Is it fear? Is it, is, it, is it worry or uncertainties for the future? What is what it seems to be occupying your heart and the thought process and every and you're being affected by? And in fact, you know, so many other things could occupy the throne of our hearts. It could be money for some. It could be pleasure for some. It could be ego for some. And that's ruling entire aspect of your life. We need Jesus to be king, church. Whoever listening to this, Jesus needs to be king because he is the king above every storm. He is the king above every season of our lives, over our entire life. He is king because your life is better when Jesus is king. I guarantee you that your work, your career, your future is better when Jesus is king because when it is not, then money and promotion and ego and, and 
you know, comparing with other people, that becomes king. That's what seems is going to rule your heart and your, your decision making. Jesus is king. And when that's the case, everything becomes better. Your heart, your mental health, your, your physical health, You'll be the better version of you when Jesus is king because he cares for you and he accepts you for who you are. And that is always better when Jesus is king. Our relationships, it's better when Jesus is king. When marriage is better when Jesus is king. When, when you're not fighting over who's better, who's, who's worse. No, when Jesus is king, you, you just connect to the king and you're, and there is an amazing unity in marriage. Your family, your relationship with your children, your parents, it's when Jesus is king, that relationship will thrive. I, I confess this week, you know, when the kids are running around and seeing each other every day with no break, you know, there seems to be like just arguing over little things and I'm trying to like, you know, get my baby to sleep and then kids are running around and then I, I just lost it. I mean, this just this two days ago, I lost it. I snapped and I said, well, why aren't you guys not getting along? Why are you fighting this and that? And I just started screaming at them and the baby's crying. It was a horrible scene. I'm sorry. I confess that just took place in our house. And let me tell you, at that particular moment, Jesus was not king in my heart. I was king. I was trying to rule that, that, that situation with authority or, or loud voice or anger, whatever it was, it wasn't Jesus. We need Jesus to be king in all relationship because Jesus is, you know, because I was forgetting that Jesus says, hey, don't be so harsh to your children. You know, the kingdom of God is for, pe for, for people like them, the little children. And, you know, that totally went out of the window. We, I need Jesus to be sitting at the throne of my life. And, and that affecting every single decision and my, the choice of words and the things that I eat, things that I watch, the things that I say, Jesus needs to be king. Our future, our eternity is that Jesus must be king because he has defeated the, the, the power of sin and death and we rise with the king. Come on, church. We rise with the King. Together, we rise with the resurrected King who has defeated that power. Therefore, eternity is secure. There's hope. Amen, church. Come on now. You can say it better than that. Amen. Now, I want to close with this. Have you ever heard of the Orange Revolution? This is, it took place in 2004 in the country of Ukraine. It was a movement towards democracy. And at that time, democracy seemed impossible in that nation because of their, you know, their history of Soviet Union and, and, and Russian power. And it was just, it seemed impossible, but there was a reformer. His name was Viktor Yushchenko. He, he, he led the way of this democratic movement and, and people really wanted that. So they kind of got behind him. However, the government did not want that to take place. And they, they tried to oppress Yushchenko as much as they can. And there was actually this suspicious case of poisoning in, their, in his food. And he, he became ill. And it was just this really, really scary story. And all the people around him said to him, you, you probably should stop. It's not worth it. You might die. You, you might really, really get killed. But what he did was despite his weakness, he kept his, he remained in the race. 
and his, his uh, campaign color was orange. And, and people got behind him and they won the hearts of people. And the actual presidential exit poll showed that he had a 10% lead. However, the government reversed the results. I mean, you thought our election was bad. I mean, just, just how, how crazy it was that they completely reversed it. And the government-run TV news reported that Yushchenko has been defeated. It brought sadness to the nation and the people. There was this gloomy cloud over their heads. And, but however, the government authorities, they did not take into account one thing. You know, as they report in the news, the report says, hey, Yushchenko, no, he's, he's done. He's defeated, but they forgot that there's this picture in pic, you know, PIP, you know, picture, the, the, the people who do in the sign language, they didn't realize that the woman signer there was not translating the news. She was actually sending a different message. This is what she was signing. And I can't do this for you, but this is what she was saying. Don't believe in what they say. They are lying. And I am ashamed to translate these lies. Yushchenko is our president. And you may never see me again, so bye. And that's what she was saying, despite the lies that's being televised. He, she, in this little square, was telling the truth to the people, which caused the deaf people to rise up. And they began to share the news, the truth to the, all over the, the country. And that led to a re-election. And in fact, after that, Yushchenko won and became president. I mean, from this little screen inside of this big TV, you know, this bigger screen, there's this little screen that led to this huge revolution for that country towards democracy. It all began from this brave woman who shared the truth, risking her life. There's a truth that we got to be sharing boldly to the world because what the world is expressing and the world is offering is not the peace that Jesus is providing. And this world is full of information that gives us fear. And, and, and some of it might be true, but what we need to be communicating through our little window is that Jesus is King. He has defeated the power of sin and death. You know, if you had the cure to the virus today, the coronavirus today, you will be sharing that. You would expect somebody to share that news, right? Because that is something that people need. Well, you know what? We have a bigger cure to a bigger issue, which is called sin and death. And Jesus was the cure. He was the one who has defeated that. And whoever believes in him will live despite death. And this is something that from our screen that we have, and you all have those screens, your smartphones, come on now, you, you know what I'm talking about. That little screen could communicate a message to the world that you care for somebody, you love somebody, and you want them to know that Jesus is King and you're going to rise with, and you all could rise with the King. And that is the message that we could be sharing to the world from the little screen that you have, or maybe it is through the Zoom or the text message, you could that, and then the Zoom, you know, these boxes, who's missing in those boxes that you need to invite, say, hey, you know what? This is a group that we're going to be praying together. I want you to be in this group. And maybe through that little screen, a box, a revolution could take place in someone's life. 
What about Facebook and Instagram when we see, and it's not just our church, but now churches all over the world right now is streaming their content and their sermons and their information. And now you click on share and you see a little box and invite to these people. From that little screen, a revolution can begin because the truth of Jesus will be communicated. Come on now, church. It is for us to rise up to share the message into the world. We don't need to live in fear because Jesus is our living hope. Amen. The death has lost its grip on us. I mean, that is the message that is worth sharing with the world, risking everything because this is a real battle which Jesus has already won. And let us be the ones who are sharing that message into the world. The world needs to hear that message. Not the message that the world is offering, which is filled with fear and lust and, and, and self-centered and ego. I mean, that is what the world is offering. And that seems to be a good news or that seems to be the cure, a solution, money, and you'll be rich and you'll be happy or you have this great relationship. You'll be happy. No, 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 no. Without Jesus being the king, relationships, will fail. Money will fail. When Jesus is king, those things will thrive. And that is the message that we could share how Jesus is king. But that revolution could start through you. And when you begin to share that message, the revolution through resurrection, that is something that is maybe waiting to happen in your life in our community. Let us be the ones who go and proclaim that Jesus is King. Amen, church. Now I want to read to you John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Maybe for some of you today, you may be watching this. You may be watching a live stream from church for the very first time. And you say, maybe you're saying, you know what? I haven't, I haven't really never believed in Jesus before. I kind of heard about him. I, I was interested and intrigued, but I never really saw him as my king. Maybe today you invite him, you believe in him, that, that you, you want to receive this eternal peace that Jesus is offering so that you may live eternal life. Maybe if that's you, I want to ask you, reach out your hand and say, hey, that's me. I want it. I need that right now in my life. Come on. Nobody's watching. Or maybe they are, but this is so important that you could just zone out and says, I can't see you, but God could surely see you. And when you reach out and says, I need that. I need forgiveness for my sins so that I could live with Jesus and rise with the King, then reach out your hand. Maybe in some of you, you may need Jesus to be sitting at the throne of your heart because there's so many different things that is occupying, whether it's fear, uncertainties, or lust, or any other things that is just sitting at the throne and laughing at us. And you want Jesus to be the king of your heart, king of your life? If that's your case, whether you're a Christian or not, maybe you need to come back to, and bring Jesus back. Like, reach out right now. Extend your hands. Says, that's me. That's me. Maybe for some, there is a brokenness that needs to be restored in your life. 
And we need to do it right now because you have the sense that you need to do it, but you've been waiting and keep putting it off. But today is the day where Jesus could be king above that brokenness. And if that is you, whether it's a broken relationship, it is a broken lifestyle or habits, maybe it is time for you to just say, I surrender to you, King Jesus. If that's you, then reach out your hand right now. And I want to share you this. And later on, and right after the service, hey, you could go on to Zoom. There is a link that will be provided. You could click on that. There's an actual live person that is waiting to pray with you. And you could share a prayer, say a prayer that will change your life forever. And that is something that I invite you to be thinking about. Because, you know, don't go and not share this with anybody. The decision and the commitment that you made this morning if you surrender to Jesus, make sure you say that to somebody. You can put that on our connect form and let me know. And I want to pray with you together on the phone or something like that. Or even on Zoom, we could do that. But right now, do go to Zoom right after the service and be prayed over. So let me pray together right now for all of us. And then after that, you can get on Zoom and pray with somebody. Let's pray right now. Who is he? This king of glory, the Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. Just like the psalmist said that you are the king of glory, we proclaim that Jesus, you are my king, the king of glory that we need who has defeated the power of sin and death. And we proclaim victory in Jesus' name right now. And whoever those who have reached out just earlier saying that we, they need you as king, they need you as a savior. They need you as a way maker, a miracle worker, the one who restores brokenness. May you shed your light to them. May, you, may your spirit reach out to them wherever they are. And may they never be the same ever again because of the victory that Jesus will give them in their lives. And I pray a mighty blessing over those who are watching this right now and hearing your voice through the scripture. May the blessing of you go before them and go behind them, go right next to them as they continue to live their lives. Lord, this life is just a transition into eternal life with you. So may you bless them all the way through as they seek and reach out for your presence in their lives. Despite the chaos, despite the uncertainties, despite the fears of this world, we choose to stand with the truth and we will obey and listen to the words of our King, Jesus. Thank you for defeating the power of death and sin that day and resurrected for me, for all of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So now as a church, we, what we do is we do this thing called the weekly challenge. It's on the screen right now. You could take a screenshot or maybe you could take a screenshot of a screen. I don't know, but you could take a picture of it and take this with you. There's three questions and I want you to read these passages and, and just, just be challenged. Okay, so I'm not going to read this to you because it'll be on the description as well. But check this out, you know, and it's all part of the message too. So it'll be connected. And I want you to take that challenge throughout the week with you. It does, don't let this stop right now. Just let not this be the last time you think about it. Continue to think about these things. So this is our weekly challenge. And I challenge you, especially to come back next week because we're going to start this series called Peaks and Valley. 
And we're going to be ending with that video. But before we do that, okay, I, once again, click on the Zoom link for the prayer. And there's a password that you enter in and you'll get to pray with somebody right now. And you can make a commitment to God and it will change the life of your life forever. I mean, literally forever. And now you may be able to connect with a small group that we have that we can walk together in these times. Please take advantage of that. But we're going to end you with this, peaks and valleys. It is how do we trust God at all times? And I hope to see you back next week at 11 a.m. God bless you. Peace be with you.